get started, okay? Thank you, Jesus. Well, Father, we just honor you, Lord. We love you. We lift you up and we magnify you. It's always a honor and it's always a pleasure for you to grace us with your presence. But we will never take your presence for granted. You are with us through the intercession, the word, the worship. There's just nothing like the presence of the Lord. And we honor you. So, Lord, this is your meeting. Lord, I just ask you to break open a word of life today and encourage your people. Let them know what you died to give them. And, devil, I bind you and I break your power. I take authority over this atmosphere and I commit it to come in line to the word of God. I bind distraction. Everybody will have ears to hear and an open heart to receive so that we can all be promoted and come up higher in you. We honor you. We bless you. And we thank you. I thank you for this privilege, Lord, to break open your word. Give me wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So today I have good news. Amen. And my good news is the title. And the title of my message today is The Snare is Broken. Amen. The snare is broken. Praise God. So we're going to, um, I'm going to jump right in. I want to lay a foundation, Psalms 124. So if you turn to Psalms 124. I got up here, but I'm close, I'm close, I'm close. Psalms 124, and this is a David psalm. I'm going to go over two psalms today. Uh, one psalm, David wrote it, and the other psalm, Moses wrote it. So Psalms 124, we're going to go over the one that David wrote. Uh, do yeah. Well, we're going to read it first. Psalms 124. David is singing a song to the Lord and he said if it had not been the Lord who was on my side let Israel now say so they were singing in response if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us they would have swallowed us alive when their wrath was kindled against us when the waters would have overwhelmed us the streams would have gone over our souls Then the swollen waters would have gone over our soul. And he goes on to say, blessed be the Lord who was not given us as prey to their teeth. Our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowler. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Amen. For born-again Christians, Satan is the fowler. And that's out of John 10.10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. And so, well, I'm going to go over the definition of a fowler. But like I said, I was going to go over two Psalms. See, in Psalms 124, when David talks about the fact that his soul had escaped from the snare of the fowler. See, his one of his fowlers was King Saul when he was chasing after him to kill him. What was his punishment? I mean, what was his, I'm sorry, what was David's crime? The reason Saul was chasing after him, he had been anointed. That was his crime. And so anyway, David made a reference to King Saul. I love it. He said, uh, David said that I was hunted as a partridge upon the mountain. And you know, partridge is a bird. Okay. So I'm just going to lay a foundation. It said, I, um, I put on here. What is a fowler? Uh, Where's my definition? (laughs) A person who hunts. Fowlers study their prey and they adapt their trap to it. So if I was a fowler and I'm out, this is my livelihood. This is how I make my money. I want to trap pheasant. I want to trap fowls, you know, different kind of fowls. I want to uh, maybe I want to trap a partridge. He knows his prey. He knows what they like to eat. And so he adapts that trap so that that particular bird will fall prey and go to that snare. That snare is covered up. Who'd walk into a trap? The snare is covered up. If you're in the, if you're in the bushes, he breaks down trees. He might make like an aisle and he'll take the branches off the tree and make an aisle. 
then he'll break he'll put some leaves down there put the snare down there things on top of it make it look like it's just brush you know and then he'll put the bait in there and see that's the way the enemy does us he studies us because see what i might get ensnared with miss pat won't and so you got to just be wise to your enemy amen okay so that's that's who a follower is he's a trapper in other words our the follower is satan what is a snare it's a trap used to capture or entangle you or to hold you or to hold you back but we got good news that snare has been broken amen amen okay so i okay so i did that john 10 10 that we already know the thief comes to steal to kill and to destroy and i put on here remember satan is the accuser he's the persecutor he wants to catch us in his trap he wants to defeat us he wants to keep us in poverty sickness strife open your eyes and don't fall prey to him god will give you eyes to see there's a scripture he said i'll give you eyes to see there there's i love that scripture he said the the he said you'll hear a voice saying walk this way amen that's my favorite i don't know where it is but i know it's sitting there and i like it and see he's telling you to walk this way because he'll he'll show you how to walk free from the snare of the fowler amen so let me make sure i've said everything i wanted to say about the fowler on this page my notes i was everywhere so (laughs) so so any okay so let's keep going the fowler let's talk about satan you know this we are a warfare ministry that's one thing we've you know pastor varvis taught us from the beginning know your enemy because when you know him you'll know how he thinks instead of him knowing how you think fowler fowler works hard to cover his snare and he'll put food down and bait to entice his prey satan studies us and he knows he knows what sin we will choose he knows what will make us angry he knows what will make us fearful because the ultimate goal is so that we can turn on god if a fowler wants a certain prey and he can't snare him did you know he'll release a hawk to go after and catch that prey yes he's determined to get it however the smart prey will fly higher because there's only a certain height that a hawk can fly amen amen so when satan tries to pursue us we go higher go higher how do i go higher what's your what's your trap strife unforgiveness so you go higher whatever whatever snare he has laid for you go higher how do i go higher forgive repent bless your enemies bless those that curse you go higher so that you don't get ensnared go higher just like the just like the prey does i says have the mind of christ if you don't know how to go higher get in your word amen go higher god will god will hide you in his feathers under his wings you can take refuge and remember that you know we'll go over psalms 91 when he said i'll hide you in my feathers see the enemy cannot penetrate god's feathers amen no weapon formed against us will prosper why because that snare is broken okay you have to get in your word and know who you are in christ it's not about your greatness it's not about your accomplishments but you go higher when you know what jesus did for you on calvary that's how you go higher that's how the snare is broken that's how you stay free john 8 john chapter 8 verse 36 says therefore if the son makes you free you shall be free indeed see we don't have to be ensnared in the snare of fowler jesus christ has paid the price for you to be set free galatians chapter 5 1 says stand fast therefore in the liberty by which christ has made you free and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage 
Amen. Amen. So I just wanted to lay a foundation on Psalms 124. And then I've talked about Psalms 124 in, as a testimony on how I found that scripture. I was like the, the man, if you sing it on that song, you'll back up against the wall. My back was up against the wall and I found Psalms 94 in my time of need. So anyway, I'm going to go over that. I'm going to give you my, I always, I always got a testimony. Make you smile. Let you, and that's what's so, that's what's so faithful about God. When, he, when, when the snare, when he says the snare is broken, even when you sna- it, even if it's too late and you step into the snare, he'll break it off of you. How? Through repentance. Amen. 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 Because see, when that snare, when you step in that snare, or if you ever see on, uh, like years ago, we used to have wild animal kingdom. Was it animal kingdom used to come on? So you, yeah, wild kingdom. Yes. So you know, when that prey steps, steps in that snare, it claws on him. And, and every time you try to get out of it, it digs deeper. It gets tighter. But the snare is broken because of the blood of Jesus. I don't care if you do step into it. And so this is my testimony. I stepped into the snare. The fowler, the devil, he laid the trap, and I stepped my butt right in it. But God. Amen. Okay. So I wrote down some things because I, I give this testimony, but sometimes I don't always give every detail. You know, you just go home and think, oh, dang, I left that out. So anyway, I wrote it all down. <laughs> so you'll. So I don't care what your snare look like. It's broken. The blood broke it. Calvary broke it. Okay. So anyway, so I was driving at this time for Overland School District, and I was driving summer school because they always had summer stuff, summer programs. So I was driving just a handful of kids to a summer program over in Lorraine. Two kids were fighting on the back of my bus, and I told them to stop, knock it off. So the one kid sat down, but the other little bully guy kept running his mouth. Then he turned to me and, and, you know, then he turned to me and started getting mad at me. The snare. I turned back around and I cussed him out. (laughs) Yes, I was a tongue talking, spirit filled Christian. (laughs) But he, I mean, I mean, I went there. I went from zero to 90 because I'm like, this kid is younger than all my kids and he going to talk to me like that. Not today. Uh Uh-uh. I am not the one. So I would, I was gone. And then he said, let me out of this bus. And you know, it's a state, it's a, it's a federal offense. When a kid is on your school bus, you cannot release them you, unless it is a designated school bus stop. I could have went to jail if I let him off the bus. I wasn't going to tell him all that. But anyway, he said, let me off this bus or I'm going to break the window out. And so I kept on driving, praying. And I was praying in tugs too. And I was, I was, I was beyond angry. I was red. <laughs> And while I was driving, he came up. That's a big no-no. Don't get out of my, don't get out of your seat when I'm driving. He came up to the front of the bus, grabbed the garbage can, and got ready to beat the door with it. And I slammed on brakes. And when I slammed on brakes, he slid down the steps. <laughs> and he looked at me and he said, you crazy. And I said, yes, I am. And you better get your butt in your seat. And he did. He did. So anyway, that scared him. <laughs> so when we anyway, we made it back to Overland safely. He got off the bus. And then, you know, once he got off the bus, he was running his mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, his mom was standing there, so he was going for bed. And I looked at his mother, I, and she was trying to figure out what the heck going on. But I told her, I said, the way your son acted today on this bus with these kids and the way he talked to me, I said, if he was one of my boys, my husband would have knocked his teeth down his throat. Oh, boy, did she get angry. <laughs> So anyway, the superintendent told me, he said, file a police report. And so I did. I had to go over to the, you know, Overland police and file a report. And of course they, and of course they knew exactly who he was. And uh, so I had to file a police report. And at the same time, he told me, he said, now this happens again. This is the way I want you to handle it. He said, you did my job. He said, you let me do that. He said, because every time you take your eyes off the road, that that's a hazard. He says, so what you do, if you get in a situation, you pull over, you call us, and you let us take care of your bus. And I said, okay. So anyway, I repented. I said, Lord, I'm sorry, you know, because I know I went way too far. I said, I never should have let him take me there. So anyway, 
I filed the police report, went on, school school year started. You know, I'll never see this kid because he didn't ride my bus. It was a summer school program. And I get a subpoena in the mail. And I'm like, what the heck? And so I, I called the courts, and they said, yeah, you've been subpoenaed, you know, the kid, and, you know, his name was on the subpoena. And I'm like, what the heck? So anyway, when I called, they said, well, he said these things never happened, that you falsely accused him. So you have to come to court now. And so we have to, you know, we got to go to trial and all this. And I'm thinking, are you serious? And so anyway, <laughs> I was so nervous. And I said, oh, Lord. I said, what? You know, and then I realized, I said, oh, my goodness. I said, now I got to sit up here with his. And I had already had the meeting with his mother and her boyfriend. And, you know, he's an angel. Of course, he's in and out of jail all the time. He's an angel. And I just, you know, I, I bullied her son and all this. And so I'm just like, <laughs> so anyway, okay, let me stick to my notes. So I called, I remember I called Pastor Barr. Okay, did I get down that far? Okay, so I called the courts. Okay, so anyway, yeah. So anyway, I I did, I repented. So the court date was coming up. And I remember I called Pastor Barb and I asked for prayer. And she said, well, I'll pray with you. She said, well, God has really already dealt with this. And I said, okay. And so she said, well, what you need to do is pray for his mom. She said, because he's she's in a dangerous position because she believes everything he says and she says so just pray for her his mom and pray for his salvation and i did and you know i I remember i asked somebody about him like i mean like years later and they said he was in jail and uh but anyway so i was sitting in my car you know reading my word and uh i found psalms 124 and he said that my soul had escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowler, that the snare was broken. And I was, I was in my car and I screamed because I said, God, because it was just like, you know, he let me know I got it. I got it. The snare is broken. Everything the devil is devi- has devised, I broke it. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Go confidently, go victoriously. And I said, wow, Lord, you rescued me again. You know that. And then y'all know I love Psalms 118. And David said, I cried out to the Lord. And it says that my voice came before him. And when the Lord, in Psalms 18, David talks about when God heard his voice, that God stood up. And when he stood up, the earth trembled and, and the smoke came out of his nostrils. And I was like, my great good God, he stood, he has stood up for me again. My rest, you know, uh, I think the message translation calls him a rescuing knight. And it's like I could see Jesus with, you know, full armor with that sword. I got you. I'm here. The snare has been broken. And so anyway, I, I you know, uh, so I, I had never seen 124, never read it. But anyway, God is an on-time God. And then uh, so a couple of days before court, you know, I was still a little nervous because I still didn't know what to expect, you know. And I'm called Pam. Y'all remember Miss Pam? And, uh, and, uh, well, she's a retired deputy sheriff now, so I told her what was going on. I had to go to court. And so she said, well, y'all know Pam. She said, well, first of all, when you show up, be sharp. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> y'all know Miss Pam. She said, be sharp. She said, and this is the way it's going to go. They're going to put you in a room and you're going to have a mediator and she's there to fill you out. She said, don't talk about him. Don't talk about the case. She said, talk about anything else. And so I did. And so I got there. I went in the room. And I sat down. The lady came in. And sure enough, she looked me from head to toe. And she said, oh, are you a teacher? And I said, no, I'm a bus driver. And she said, oh, okay. And so we, I don't even know what the heck we talked about. I was so nervous. I don't know what we talked about. But I know we didn't talk about the case. We didn't talk about him. But she was keeping me engaged. And then she said, um, so she was just sitting there talking to me and kind of taking notes. Like Pam said, she was filling me out. Then she said, I'll be right back. And I said, okay. I said, well, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And she said, okay. So I was walking down the hallway. She Well, she told me which bathroom I could use. So I'm in the courthouse in Lorain County, and I'm going to the bathroom, and I could feel somebody staring at me. So I'm going down this aisle, and I looked, and there he stood. And he was walking, but it looked like when he saw me, he had stopped. And I was like, Oh, Lord, come on. He here and his mother? I said, oh, God, okay. (laughs) 
So I went to the bathroom and I came back in the room and I was sitting there praying in tongues. I sat there for like 20 minutes and then she walked in and she said, Mrs. Dillard, I just want to apologize for just wasting your time today. You know, and, you know, uh, do I need to give you a note for work? Have you missed work? You're free to leave. And I'm, I com- it happened so fast, I was confused. And I said, oh, okay. And she said, well, yeah. She said, well, he got before the judge and he confessed. He told the truth. He said that he lied on you. And I just was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so she said, do I need to write a note for your job or anything? And, of course, the, my job knew I was there. I was like, no. So I, I ran out of that courtroom. <laughs> and when I was running out the door, I happened to look up, and I saw him and his mother coming down the escalator. I wanted to smile away, but I didn't. I just, <laughs> I just kept going. And uh, But that was a snare. I stepped in. But God, the blood of Jesus, there is power in your words when you can repent and go to God. Because, see, we belong to him now. The snare is broken. What he did lasts forever. Amen. So I just that's just wanted to give you a little bit of background on how I found Psalms 94. And then I never followed up on his punishment, but I do know that uh, the judge had him write a, a nice letter of apology. And I kept that for years. And, and I kept it because for me it was a testimony of Psalms 124 to see him apologize where he had went to the, you know, before and said that I lied on him, I bullied him. But I kept his letter. It was more of a, God, you faithful. And I remember I showed the superintendent and the uh, and my, the superintendent, or both, well, my boss was the assistant superintendent and the other superintendent. And I remember I told them, I said, I got a letter from the courts from, you know, the gentleman, and they were shocked. They were shocked, and they read the letter. And But anyway, God, I mean, God is just good. I mean, they were puzzled, but <laughs> that he would just come clean like that. But I knew why. The snare had been broken. And so, and then a similar incident happened about five years later when I was driving in New London. But see, when you get delivered from one snare, you learn. And so, something similar happened. So, I, it was a gent, it was a kid. He was mad, and I, I drove the behavior kids. You know, I, I mean, these ain't the normal kids that you take to school every day. <laughs> these were the behavior kids that's been kicked out of the school district, so they go to a special school. Like that school over near where y'all used to live on Durkee, <laughs> Willow Creek. I mean, they got padded rooms, so when the kids have tantrums, they can go in there and have a tantrum and hit the walls. But the walls are padded, you know, so them the kind of kids I transported. So I had this one particular kid. He was angry with me because he had gotten in trouble on the bus the day before. And so when he came on the bus, he came on the bus cussing me out because he was mad that I called his mother the day before. I said a few things to him, but I didn't go crazy. I pulled my bus over. I called his principal. I said, well, this is what's going on, and I'm just letting you know I'm not bringing him to your school today. Now, mind you, he in the back seat running his mouth. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I ask you to deal with him. So he sat in his seat. But he is like he sat in his seat, but then you couldn't see him, but he was like scrunched down in his seat. And the bus monitor was looking over at him because she's scared. And she, you know, she kind of looking at him and looking at me. But you couldn't see him. But I remember I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, just put him under arrest. And it's like the Lord showed me it was some angels sitting on him because he sat in his seat. And he was all the way down in his seat. You couldn't even see him, but he wouldn't move. And he kept saying, why are we sitting here? Move this bus. And I wouldn't say anything. So when the sheriff walked up on my bus, he sounded like Scooby-Doo. He was abba-dabba-dee-ba-dabba-dee. And it was, oh, I'm so sorry. And I just had a bad morning. And I didn't mean to say all this to this bus driver. And it was like, see, that snare was broken. And I had learned. I had learned. God had done learned me how to, how to act. <laughs> he had done learned me how to act. <laughs> and so it was a, you know, whole situation, same snare. But God, is, when it's broken, it's broken. See, that's that Nahum 1-9. I don't care what it is. Sickness, a snare, a downfall. You know, I because I remember I was a new Christian. I mean, like a month new. <laughs> and I was getting back. My marriage was being restored. And I, I used to, the church we used to go to, I clung to every word that came out of Pastor Ron's mouth. And one day he was preaching. Now, this is, I'm a new Christian, but God dropped that in me. 
And he said, just like the waters of Noah, he, well, he talked about the rainbow and he said, the waters will never again happen. It will never happen again like that. And it's like something got solid on the inside of me. You'll never have marital problems again. And I was new. I wasn't praying. I wasn't spirit-filled. <laughs> I don't think I was. I don't think so. I, didn't, I wasn't even praying. In t- no, I didn't. But when God has broken a snare and he wants to let you know he's real, he will do it. And, it's, and that's the same thing with this. That Nahum one, that's why it's so real to me. Because the first scripture that he gave me when he said, when I do something that lasts forever, will be that scripture with Noah and my marriage. He said, this will never happen again. And so anyway, so anyway, um, but yeah, that young, the sheriff got that boy off my bus. I had him off my bus until he graduated. I got Christmas gifts from his family every year. I mean, it was just a whole different scenario. He was pleasant. And if he would do, if he would say stuff, cause he, I had behavior kids and I had special needs kids and he detested being on the bus with the special needs kids. And one day he said something kind of out of the way about one of my Down syndrome kids. And I had to, and he looked at me. He said, well, I ain't trying to make you mad. <laughs> he, said, he said, I just had a question. And I said, don't ask me that question. I said, because you're on this bus because you need to be on this bus. Because if you didn't have issues, you'd be going to the regular school. So you have issues as well as that student. So he said, well, okay, well, I just, I'm not trying to make you mad. But, but anyway, I just wanted to, God is faithful. He will help you. He will help you. He will help you. So anyway, that's how I found Psalms 124, and it's still helping me. Amen. Okay, so let's talk about Psalms 91. Amen. Hey, 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 Psalms 91. Okay. We're talking about the snare is broken. Who's the snare? Well, the snare is the trap. The follower is the devil. And see, the Holy Spirit will show you how to outwit him. Because you got to remember, that's the Father's job. His job is to learn his prey so that he can ensnare him and trap him. That's how he make his money. That's how he make his livelihood. And that's the devil's job. Steal, kill, destroy. So anyway, Psalms 91. Moses wrote Psalms 91. And see, and a lot of things, if you go over Exodus... When Moses was standing before Pharaoh, a lot of the things that he talks about in Psalms 91, he's making a reference to what he went through when he was trying to get the people, the Pharaoh to let the people go. Amen. And so the fowler to Moses was Pharaoh. The fowler to David was Saul. Because he says, Saul hunted me like a partridge. He had, he hunted me to the edge of the mountains. And so uh, uh, Moses' fowler was Pharaoh. So I put on here from Exodus chapter 7 through 11, Moses pleaded to the Pharaoh to let the people go. And then chapter 12, the great, the, the great Exodus, the snare of captivity forced the, okay, chapter 12 talks about the great Exodus. The snare of captivity, forced labor and slavery was broken because of the blood of the innocent and perfect lamb that the Lord told, uh, you know, the Lord gave them. I'm not going to read all that because y'all know it's autumn plagues. But God gave him specific instructions to go get a perfect lamb without blemish. Get a lamb to fit your household. So if Sheree got three girls, she get a lamb her size. You know, if I got this, uh, however many it is, eight of us, <laughs> then I'd get a bigger lamb. And so everybody got a lamb, a perfect male lamb. And you shed, you ate it. And he said, cook it all. But take that blood and put it around your doorposts. And so, you know, so anyway, they, that's when their snare was broken. Because when that last thing came, when Pharaoh would not let the folks go, Moses said, well, okay, all the firstborn will die. And there was a cry from Pharaoh's house throughout all of Egypt. They all lost somebody. And so, but the deaf angel passed over the children of Israel and all those who obeyed. And it, what I like, the Bible says that when they did finally leave, there was a mixed multitude. So there were some Egyptians that said, I want to serve the God that you serve. 
because I don't know what kind of God you serve. One day we got lice all over us. Then we can't drink no water because it's blood. We got locusts eating up everything. It's hailing. They, and what the locusts didn't eat, the rain done came, the hail done came and tore that up. So we still ain't got no, you know, we got frogs everywhere. I want to serve the God that you serve. Cause see, when Moses first started out and Aaron with the, with the rod, you know, the magician's like, Pharaoh, I can do that. You know, I, I got that. Then it started getting serious and the magician's like, I can't do that. And then when the lights broke out, the boils, the magicians, they too busy in the corner scratching because they got boils. They was like, I definitely can't do that. So, you know, they, the, so the Egyptians that stand and watching, cause you know, so you're trying to live your life and then one day you got lice everywhere, you locusts everywhere, and you got boils all over your face, your kids. And they're like, uh-uh, Moses, we're going to serve your God. So there was a mixed multitude that went out with them. Amen. Let me go back to my notes. So anyway, it says the snare of captivity, forced labor and slavery was broken because of the blood of the innocent, perfect lamb. That whose blood was put over the doorpost of their home. The deaf angel passed over them while the Egyptians and Pharaoh were in deep sorrow and despair. Amen. So I just, I do want to read one thing out of Exodus. So I'll go to, I'm going to read that. Uh, Exodus 12. I'm just going to read uh, 29 through 38. We're going to get to Psalms 91. The snare is broken. page okay 29 through 38 i want to read exodus 12 29 through 38 and this is the 10th plague death of the firstborn and it came to pass at midnight that the lord struck all the firstborn in the land of egypt from the firstborn of pharaoh who sat on the throne to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of livestock. So even the livestock was, they, they, the food was dying off. The firstborn was the firstborn. So Pharaoh rose in the night, he and all his servants and all Egyptians, and there was a great cry in the city, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. Can you imagine? Thank God we live in Goshen though, right? Because see, when all these plagues was going on, when they was in the dark, they had light. When everybody was scratching, they had peace. When everybody was digging around trying to find some water because everything was blood, they had water. Remember, we live in Goshen. The snare is broken. Then he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, rise up and go from among my people. In other words, get get out. <laughs> so now he was chasing them out. Both you and your children of Israel go and serve the Lord just as you said. And take your flocks. Because remember before that he told Moses, well, you can leave, but leave the flocks. And Moses said, well, I can't leave the flocks. So what are we going to eat? What are we going to sacrifice with? We can't do that. No. And he said, take your flocks and your herds, as you have said, and go. And bless me also. <laughs> and the Egyptians urged the people. And the Egyptians even said, leave. That they might send them out the land in haste. For they said, for they said, we are all dead. How far down do I want to go out? I just want to go, yeah. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, having their kneading bowls bound up in their clothes on their shoulders because the Lord told them, when you eat this last meal, be dressed, be ready, because you're going to eat and then you're going to hit the door. And so they was ready to go. It says, now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses. They had asked for the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of coal, gold and articles of clothing that's why i love that part when when the bible says he brought them out with silver and gold and there was not one feeble and i'm glad that see they 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 owed them that they worked they were slaves to them didn't pay them and then the more the more that moses asked to let them go the more the harder the labor pharaoh put on them so yeah they they were owed that and the Lord had given the people, see, they had favor inside of the Egyptians, so they gave them all that stuff that they wanted. So when they left out there, they had plundered them. They took they took the loot, the spoils with them. And then the children of Israel journeyed. Okay, 
they they left <laughs> and then verse 38 it says a mixed multitude went up with them also and flocks and herds and great deal of livestock so anyway that was them leaving out so we're going to go to so that was the great exodus how was that snare broken because of that blood that blood over their doorpost the death angel had to pass over okay psalms 91 We are never stuck. Never stuck. If it's a snare, it can be broken. Okay, Psalms 91. Ah, okay. Yeah, I'm going to read the whole thing. Okay, Psalms 91. Again, this is a Moses song. He who dwells in a secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord that you are my refuge and my fortress. You are my God and him I will trust. Verse 3 says, Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. And we already know that surely means it's an oath, it's a promise without a shadow of a doubt. I will not renege on my word. If I said it, I'm good for it. It will come to pass. It won't return void. My word runs swiftly and it's full of power. His word is not going to come up there and say, God, I did everything except for this. Never. He says, surely I will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. And see, Moses saw that, the pestilence, having to deal with the locusts and the lice, but it didn't come nigh their dwelling. And he says, I'll cover you with my feathers, and under your wings you will take refuge. His truth will be your shield and your buckler. See, when they left out, the Lord shielded them. You know, when they were crossing over on dry ground, the angel of the Lord was in front of them to give them light. But then when they looked up and they saw Pharaoh and his chariots coming after them, the Bible says that the angel of the Lord moved behind them. And that way, they had darkness and the children of Israel had light so that they could proceed on. And see, that's what that's what he means when he says, my glory will go before you and I'll be your rear guard. See, we 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 got it good. The snare is broken. We are never trapped ever. So anyway, I'm going to read verse three again because I like it. <laughs> it says, surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will take refuge. We are always protected, y'all. His truth will be your shield and your buckler. You will not be afraid of the terror by night. And see, that's why he had to instruct them. Keep walking. Quit looking back. Don't be afraid. If God got you out this far, he's going to take you all the way. It says, nor the arrows that fly by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. And Moses said, a thousand will fall at your sight and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because see, when they made it to the other end of uh, the other side and the waters came back, the next morning, all they saw was bodies laying around dead. Pharaoh and his chariots, all his men had been drowned in the sea. So that's what they saw. They saw dead bodies laying all over. And see, that's what God means. He said, you know, a thousand may fall at your side. Just keep your eyes on me. Keep moving forward. I don't care what you hear on the news. What you hear on the news, that's not for our kids. We live in Goshen. We have a covenant of divine protection. His feathers engulf us. And the devil cannot penetrate God's feathers. We're protected. And he goes on to say, because you made the Lord who was my refuge... Even the most high your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come nigh your dwelling. That's why the deaf angel passed over. Cause we made, cause they made the Lord their dwelling place. How did they do that? When they put the blood over their doorposts. They said, Jesus, you, well they, well they didn't know Jesus, but they said, God, we're in covenant with you. We're gonna obey you. We got the spotless, sinless blood of this lamb over our doorposts. And the death angel had to pass over. That's why he said, no plague shall befall you. 
no, no, yeah, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come nigh your dwelling. I'll give angels charge over you to keep in all your ways. In their hands they'll bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Because see, not only did they have to believe God to get out of Egypt, he had to believe God to sustain them while they were in the wilderness. It says, you should tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent, you should tramp underfoot. Because he set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. See, Moses and Aaron, God told Moses that you will stand um, you will stand as God and Aaron will stand as your prophet. And see, they, 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 were, they interceded for the people. Moses loved God. And he poured out and he did this and he protected them for as long as he could. You know, we, we know the end that, you know, they got a little crazy in the wilderness and they didn't go into the promised land. But they got out of Egypt. The blood was not null and void. It says, because he set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he's known my name. And remember this, we can call upon him and he will always answer us. Remember this, God said, I'll be with you in trouble even if you cause it. And I will deliver you and I will honor you with long life. I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. We are never stuck. Never stuck. Amen. Never stuck. Nahum, I love Nahum 1-9. So let's, let's go to Nahum. Let's go to Nahum 1-9. Nahum was a prophet. And the Israelites were being oppressed by Nineveh and Assyria. So Nahum showed up and started prophesying. I didn't write the page number down. So Nahum, I'm going to read verse 1 through 9. And see, uh, God doesn't like his people being oppressed. And we're Israel, you know. And the Assyrians and the Ninevites were oppressing the Israelite people. And Nahum goes on in verse 1. Well, I'll start in verse 2. He says, God is jealous and the Lord avenges. And remember that God is jealous for us. He protects us. He loves us. The Lord avenges and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on the adversaries. And he reserves the wrath for his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and, and, a great, and great in power. And will not acquit the wicked. The Lord has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. And the clouds and the clouds are the dust of his feet. He rebukes the sea. And makes it dry. And that's what he did for, for Moses when they was fearful. On how was they going to get across and get away from Pharaoh's men? He rebuked the sea and made, it, made them to walk over on dry land. He dries up all the rivers. Basham and Carmel wither. And the flowers of Lebanon withers, wilts. The mountains quake before him. The hills melt. And the earth heaves at his presence. And y'all, y'all, y'all know kids when they had them heaves that the earth queed, that the earth heaves at his presence. He's that powerful, that full, full of strength and power and authority. The earth respects him. Okay, I'm going to go to verse 6 and it says, You who stand before his indignation and who can endure the fierceness of his anger. Because he's angry because he was, they, were, they were coming against the children of Israel. His fury is poured out like fire, and the rocks are thrown down by him. The Lord is good, a stronghold in a day of trouble, and he knows those who trust in him. See, when you trust in God, he knows it. He says, but with an overflowing flood, he will make an utter end of of this place, and darkness will pursue its enemies. And see, Moses saw that. He made an utter end of that place. Darkness was with them, but they were in in Goshen. Verse 9 says, But what do you conspire against the Lord? He'll make an utter end of it. Affliction shall not rise up a second time. So I don't care what you go through. When God, when he breaks that snare, that snare is broken. Never to rise up again a second time. Verse 13, I'll drop down. It says, For now I will break off his yoke from you. And burst your bands asunder. And there's another verse that says that the 
the, the uh, yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. And see, that's, the, that's why it can't come back. That yoke has been broken. What is your yoke? I don't know. Sin, adultery, fornication. I don't know. Whatever it is. If you repented of it and the blood has washed you free from it, he'll break that yoke. It cannot be reformed. It can't be put back on your neck again. And see, that's what I learned, uh, you know, with that yoke of oxen. I talk about that all the time. When them ox are going together and they got that double yoke and they're walking together, if that yoke is taken off their neck and they have a year out in the pasture where they're just eating and grazing and then the farmer wants to come back and put that yoke back, it won't fit because they're fat. They weren't constrained anymore. And see, that's what I'll never forget from a healing school. Of, uh, Pastor Barb used that. She said the yoke is destroyed because when you get the word inside of you and you get so fat and so full of the word, that yoke can't fit. I don't care what the yoke was, heart attack, high blood pressure, whatever. It won't fit because you're fat from the anointing. And so that yoke has been destroyed. He makes an utter end of it. It can't come back a second time. The snare has been broken. Walk free. Walk free. Don't let the devil. And you know what? Don't let the devil blackmail you because the snare is broken. See, I'm not the girl that I used to be before I met Jesus. She died. I can't be blackmailed. I can tell you what she did and I can tell you what, and then I can tell you what Jesus did for her. But she don't exist anymore. Amen. The snare is broken. Don't ever let the devil blackmail you. Isaiah 54, 17 says, uh, well, we know that one. And uh, the prophet was talking about, uh, I formed the waster to destroy. I made the blacksmith. But he said, no weapon formed against you will prosper. And remember that. Why won't it prosper? Because the snare is broken. It won't. The gun points, it won't shoot. It's broken. It's just when Jesus died for us on Calvary and was beaten and bloodied for our sins, the snare of the fowler was broken off of us and all of our family members. See, remember this, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And just like Moses instructed them, take that sinless lamb and put his blood over your doorposts. I love it because when Jesus came on the scene and John the Baptist saw him, what did he say? He said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the earth and of the world. And see, John the Baptist knew there. See, there's that blood again. The life is always in the blood, always in the blood. Amen. So I'm closing. But I want to just encourage you that the snare is broken. Matthew 27, 50 says, Oh, 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 it talks about when Jesus died, Matthew 27, 50. I just can't read my writing. It says the veil was torn in the temple and the earth quaked. Graves were opened and saints arose from the dead. And so can you imagine? I, I, that's what I like the passion of the Christ because when they show the earthquake, they show the veil being torn in half. Now we're friends of God. Now we're allowed into the holies of holy because now we can walk in there. He doesn't see us, but he sees the blood. So we can stand in the presence of a holy God and not drop dead like the priest because of the blood. The veil was torn. No more separation. We've been adopted. We can call him Abba Father. The snare has been broken. Amen. Mark 14 and 24 says, and this is when Jesus had his last supper. You know, the the Israelites had their last supper. And so did Jesus with the disciples. And he told them, he said, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many, shed for many. It's not just for us. It's for many. This salvation, let's share it because it's for many. And it's the same, the same picture you get when Moses left Egypt. It says a mixed multitude left with them, not just them and their household. Some of the Egyptians went with them because he's a good God. And they knew he was a good God. Amen. So anyway, uh, Mark, I'm going to read again. Mark 14, 24 says, this is the blood of my cup. This is this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. God has given us the neck of our enemies. The snare is broken. And remember this.
the ransom has been paid. He paid it with his blood. That's like when he was talking to the, to the, I think it was Mary, and he said, don't touch me yet because I got to send to my father. See, that blood had to be taken to the mercy seat. So he could say everything that Nola Darling did in her lifetime up until today is paid for. She, she died. She has arisen. She's a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away for her. All things are new. Amen. There was a Roman soldier that was looking at Jesus in all his piety. And he said he saved others, but he couldn't save himself. But you know what? That was true. He couldn't save himself. You know why? Because the love of God constrained him. If he would have saved himself, we would have been damned to an eternal damnation, a snare, never to be broken. The snare is broken. Jesus' blood paid it all. So I just want to tell y'all, walk free. He's the lifter of your head. No shame. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we worship you. We love you and we honor you. We can't, we don't even understand everything you did for Calvary, but the little bit that we do understand, Lord, we say thank you. We thank you that the power is in the blood, that your blood has cleansed us, it's healed us, it's set us free. We thank you for it, Father. We honor you and we lift you up. Lord, help us to recognize who we are in Christ, who you made us. You called us kings and priests. Lord, help us to always be that one who have a heart for the lost, to go out and pull them in. Lord, you shed your blood for many. So, Father, help us to always have the eyes of the evangelist, to encourage, to let the downtrodden know that their ransom has been paid so they can walk free. And live in their health, success, prosperity, reconciliation, and to live out of their inheritance. We honor you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. It's a privilege to be called by your name, to be washed in your blood. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. If anybody needs me to agree in prayer with you, hopefully I can. (laughs) Amen. Praise God. Praise. Thank you, Jesus.